0: Welcome to week five, everybody, and good morning, West Coast. Good afternoon, East Coast. We are back with another round of fantasy football help, daily fantasy football help, and as well as some wagering. My man, Fitz, how you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing well. How are you? We're rolling on week five now. I feel like this is like becoming scheduled norm. I'm like in my Sunday routine already. Football's a regular thing again.
0: Yeah, my Sunday routine's kind of thrown off right now because of these London games. You know, I usually get everything I need to get done in the morning. But since my team, the New York Football Giants, are playing right now, I had to get up extra early. I was at the supermarket this morning by 8 a.m. Um, I was with all of the 99-year-olds that came on the bus <laughs> together. It was uh, It was a scene, but we got through it. The lines were extremely long because they were moving extremely slow. But here we are. We have a really exciting week this week. And quite honestly, Fids, I was looking at a lot of these spreads, and a lot of these spreads are scary, in my opinion. But I would love to hear from you, as you are the expert here on the wagering. What do we have on the slate this week for week five?
1: Okay, first off, I would like to just let the people know they should all be thanking you for your attendance here today. We are in a fourth quarter of a barn burner between (laughs) the Giants and Packers in this London game. I don't even have it on.
0: I don't even have it on because I need to give my full attention to my people here. I don't even have it on.
1: We would notice if you already didn't have it on. Um, So in terms of the spreads, yeah, I'd also love to know which ones scare you. I'll run through some of my initial thoughts to begin. Uh, Biggest spread on the board is Buffalo Bills minus 14. Uh, That's the biggest spread we've seen in a long time. It's the biggest underdog the Steelers have ever been in their franchise's history. So you know Mike Tomlin's using that in the locker room. All that being said, historically, when you have spreads this high, They actually cover, like the favorite covers, at more than a 52.4% rate, which is the rate you need to hit to be profitable in sports gambling. So the bet here would be the Bills. We're also seeing the sharp action on the Bills. I'm personally not laying 14. I'm staying away from that game. I just wanted to talk about it because it's the biggest one on the board. Mm -hmm. We just mentioned the London game. So last week's team in London was the Minnesota Vikings. Well, one of them. Saints were the other one. Um, And now they're playing at home against the Chicago Bears. There's a trend that shows when you return home from your London game, you do really poorly in your first week back. So Bears are a very run heavy team and they're getting seven and a half points. You're getting the hook on the touchdown. I like the Bears in that spot. That would be a decent spot to bet. Uh, I'm reviewing some odds that are like what I would bet right now, JP. A lot of yep. these lines have moved and I've gotten ahead of them. So I have different tickets than the ones I'm
0: Yeah, doing. I was just gonna say the one I'm looking at here with the Bears jumped up to eight and a half on my current site that I have. Oh, here.
1: that's even better. Yeah, the mm-hmm. more you can get, the more you like. I'm definitely the Bears is definitely the right side for me on that one.
0: Right. Um, Monty's back also, too.
1: I'm also, I'm also I want to zag a little bit and I want to mention the under in the Bengals uh. Ravens game tonight so under okay yeah everyone's talking about the over everyone's talking about because Joe Burrow rips this off rips this defense apart last season because Lamar's on a crazy hot streak Lamar's down weapons this week yep and Burrow's going against a different defensive system for the Ravens this season and the Ravens have been hearing all week how trash their defense is and they're going to come out ready to perform so I like the under there I got it at 48 and a half I love it anywhere 48 or below because we know 48 is a key number. I'm seeing it currently on FanDuel at 47 and a half. I would still play it probably for a slightly lesser amount than if I could get it at 48 or 48 and a half. But I'm looking at the under in that game for sure. Um, those are some of the just the basic spots. And then I just wanted to mention we're seeing late money come in on the Dolphins, Lions, Commanders and Browns. So there's some early morning line movement in those games. And if you're in any of those situations, Dolphins-Jets, you want to be on the Dolphins. Uh, Lions-Patriots, I was on the Patriots, and now late money's coming in on the Lions. Not really a good look for me. I hope the Patriots can still pull it off. Browns versus Chargers, people are on the Browns. And Commanders versus Titans, people are coming in on the Commanders. So just want to mention those four spots as well. What was What was scaring you,
0: can I ask? Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But and just to cover that Lions game for fantasy purposes, Amon Ross St. Brown is still questionable. However, it is starting to be leaked a little bit due to a photo he posted on his, I think it was Instagram or Twitter, of his helmet. He had two stickers on his helmet, and oh, he they did. are now, uh, yeah. <laughs> and now I, th- now I think that maybe, maybe you know, contributing to that swing a little bit in terms of of money coming on the Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown makes a humongous difference, obviously. For that Detroit Lions team. So, for fantasy purposes, if you have St. Brown on your roster and he's not currently in, make sure you are checking right before kickoff. He can swing your game, win or to lose. Go ahead. How is that affecting a guy
1: like Josh Reynolds? Let's talk about that
0: humongously. I Best think it's a humongous.
1: Are we, are we taking him out of season long lineups? I would definitely pivot off of him in terms of DFS because his price has increased because Amon Ra has been on the doubtful side all week.
0: Yeah, I, I would take him out of my roster. I mean, then again, you got to check who you're taking him out for, okay? Because whenever we're talking about fantasy, right, we're talking about in purposes of wide receiver one against a wide receiver one, wide receiver two against a wide receiver two, or flex and flex, et cetera. I see him more as a then wide receiver three in terms of if Amal Ross St. Brown plays. If Amal Ross St. Brown doesn't play, I bump him all the way up to wide receiver two, which is a huge jump in terms of season-long fantasies. Daily, absolutely, I would probably take him out because he's probably priced a little higher than normal yeah. because of the news that Amal Ross St. Brown is out. Um, so I wouldn't pay the price for, for, for him at all. No. Um, the game that actually, you actually covered the game that I was a little nervous about was that Browns game, uh, Bears game, I'm sorry, that Bears game getting the eight and a half there. Um, the Vikings have not played very well. However, I they have to get going here. And I think this is the perfect spot for them to get going. However, the eight and a half is what scared me in terms of that's a ton of points. Uh, you're absolutely right. The Bears are going to slow down that game as they do every single game. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be a shootout. So I would probably lean with you there and take the eight and a half on the, on the Bears. But that's that's was, was my, my scary, scary game. And in that game,
1: we have Montgomery coming back, right? So yep. I was saying all week on my podcast about DFS, Khalil Herbert was an absolute play for me in terms of he was going to be in my core four. However, now with the Monty news, that's obviously no longer possible. Is Montgomery a start? Is Khalil Herbert a start? How do you think those carries are distributed, like redistributed now that Monty's back?
0: I think because Monty didn't practice in full all week, I think Herbert will get some run more than he would have if, if Monty would have practiced all week. With that being said, I am playing Monty, and I'm probably playing Herbert, just because a lot of my rosters are slim in terms of running back depth, so... If you have to, I would I would definitely play Herbert. And Daly, I would stay away from both.
1: So the good thing here is that we know two things. The Bears run the ball a ton. Right. So they're probably going to get, if Monty's coming back off an injury, they're probably going to get enough volume for two players, kind of like a Packers situation. And the second thing is, on the flip side of the ball, the Vikings play at the fastest pace fastest. of any yeah. team in the NFL. They have the shortest time between snaps. And you know they throw a lot. They have a high first down throw rate. They like to take a few deep shots every game. So Vikings play fast. Bears run the ball a lot. So we have those combination of factors. We can see potentially a lot of volume split between both Bears running backs. I probably agree. They're probably both fairly startable.
0: Right. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to let our boy Steve into this stream. He's waiting backstage. Steve, my man, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming on the show again for the second straight week. We appreciate it. How yeah, do you feel I, I about that? I you guys talking players?
2: about Amin Ra. just wanted yeah. to point out he's active today. So He
0: is active. Get him in, get him in, get him in, get him in. The the Lions would not play him if they weren't for sure he was healthy. They have a bye week next week. They would have rested him this week. He gets another uh, a week off next week. I think they, they, they would not risk his injury here.
1: JP, 20-second timeout. Giants, touchdown. Wow. Lead over the Packers, 27-20. Holy. ball back, six minutes to go in the fourth. I'm sorry. Who I scored there?
0: Who scored? I know Barkley's been out.
1: I'll check for you.
0: So if yeah. you haven't been watching the game, Barkley was brought to the, uh, the injury Zacorn. tent. He, so he's back. So yep. Barkley was in the tent for a shoulder injury. He went from the tent into the locker room, was not thrilled about it, but I guess he came back and helped my fantasy team along the way. Thanks, you, sir. Touchdown. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, All right, so let's go ahead and let's dive headfirst into the big news from this week, and that is Kyle Pitts, okay? Kyle Pitts is inactive this week. Now, many of you that own Kyle Pitts are probably a little bit happy that he's not active because you don't have to worry about being disappointed after this week. However, I was pretty high on Kyle Pitts coming into this week's game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers do not cover tight ends very well. They keep the middle of the field wide open. And I think this would have been a great week for Kyle Pitts. So I have got a ton of questions on Kyle Pitts because now you need to pivot. Who am I going to pick up and start at the tight end position now that Kyle Pitts is out? The tight end position is extremely slim, as everybody here understands and knows. Guys, do you have any names that you would start at the tight end position that may or may not be rostered in many leagues? I have a few. Let's hear them. I got a few in myself, and I'm gonna probably piggyback off of a lot of ones that you got.
1: Okay, so in my DFS core four for this week is OJ Howard of the Houston Texans. He's playing against Jacksonville. Two things I really like in this game, and they're the other two tight ends on the roster. One was injured. One was
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yep. that leaves only OJ Howard and a guy they called up from the practice squad yesterday. OJ Howard is going to get the full complement of snaps, he's probably very available. The other place you could potentially go is Cade Otten, I believe his name is for Brady and the Bucks. Uh, we saw Bray get a lot of targets, and then Otten came in once Bray got concussed. So, Otten is another guy in the DFS space, a lot of people are pivoting to Hunter Henry. I think has to be considered a great option who might be on the waiver wire. You know, anytime a backup quarterback comes in, you can see increased outlets to the tight end. They're playing against the worst defense in the league in the Browns. I mean, in the Lions. So I think Hunter Henry can definitely be an option. And then the last one that I would go with is Hayden Hurst. Uh, Hayden Hurst for the Bengals, if he's available, he's running a elite number of routes. For every time Burrow drops back, he's running routes in the same names of Higby, who has the most targets, Andrews, Kelsey, some of these elite tight ends. Hayden Hurst is simply on the field for the same amount of plays. So Mm -hmm. if he's going to get some volume, that could be a spot as well. I think I just gave out four great options. Steve, any other ones to add or who would you pick from my four to go with?
2: Uh, I like the OJ Howard call for, for touchdown upside. Uh, one other name I'll throw out there is uh, Will Disley. Uh, mm-hmm. He scored two touchdowns back-to-back games. Uh, if you don't have any of those four guys that you mentioned there, he's another name to consider uh, on most waiver wires.
0: Yeah, and Hayden Hurst is also a good, good name to play here. He is a little banged up. He is questionable, Um, so keep your eye on that. And It is a night game, so be careful with that. I On my Twitter, I went out on a limb, guys. I went out on a limb, and I said Cade Otten is a start this week. And you know what? I just believe with all the news with Tom Brady, and I ain't going to get into any of that. That's his business. And I hate people that can't get into it. He's got kids that have Twitter and, and Instagram and everything. Leave the family alone. However, with that being said, I do think Brady comes out with a type of energy that we haven't seen from him in a very long time. Okay. And who is he going to pepper? I think the tight end position, he needs to get back to throwing to his tight end. Okay. Kate Otten coming out of Washington last year was not very highly targeted in college. However, during the combine work and during his work uh, in front of uh, the NFL coaches, he showed that he can. he's an extremely good route runner. He's quick cuts. I did a lot of research on him. I do believe he could absolutely be a start this week. So I am actually starting him in one of my leagues, and I am starting Hurst in another one of my leagues. I am not starting O.J. Howard. I thought about it, and I kept thinking about it. I'd just rather go with somebody like uh, a Kate Oton, who could possibly even be a steady starter if he does show out this week. Cameron Brady is a decent tight end, but I wouldn't say he has gained the full trust from Brady yet. So if Kate Otten can come out and show that he is good enough to play in season-long leagues, you're going to want to pick up Otten because he will be a high-waiver ad, priority ad here coming into week six. So keep that in mind. If you have a roster spot and you have somebody you could just drop, an extra kicker, a defense, somebody like that, you might as well try adding Kate Otten because if he shows out this week, Down in my mind, he will be a very high waiver pickup.
1: I'm going to go do that right now, JP. I'm going to go pick him up. I'm going to drop Miami defense. I have them an extra defense on my team. You're
0: not losing anything, right? That's my mindset behind it. My only concern with
1: that situation is the amount of mouths to feed in Tampa, right? Absolutely. They're getting healthy again. With Julio even out, they still have Gage, Godwin, Evans, Fournette, Rashad White, plenty of mouths. Even if Bray comes back, he's still going to be on the field a little bit. He's not going to be totally phased out but you know brady loves his tight ends he's always played in a lot of two tight end sets uh in a dfs sense in this game tom brady's the quarterback to choose on the slate this week he's so underpriced compared to his value and is probably throwing volume for this game uh godwin is in all of my lineups brady is in most of my lineups mike evans is in some of my lineups fournette is in most of my lineups so this game from a fantasy perspective uh on the Buccaneer shot side should be a great one.
0: Yeah, and going back to the Rashad White thing, right? This is like the type of thing that I'm talking about. He wasn't very not, he wasn't owned in many leagues. He was owned in under 50% of leagues. He was drafted very high, but people kind of gave up on him, and they ended up dropping him eventually this year. If you looked at the waiver wire last week, he was a very high, if not the number one added priority add. This is something that I'm looking for in Cade uh, If he can do something in this offense, even score a touchdown, he will be a high waiver wire priority heading into week six. Let's go to a question that I received on Twitter, guys. Um, The question is, dealing with injuries, and I just want to hear perspective on this one. I need to start two in a full-point PPR league. We have Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott. You need to start two. I'm guessing one is a flex and one is a wide receiver, I guess. So Juju, Deontay, or Zeke, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, uh, I'd go with uh, Deontay, Johnson, and and Zeke
2: there. Uh, I'd sit Juju. I just think those other two guys have uh, better upside um, for your lineup. It is full PPR, you said, so perhaps Juju, you know, gets a few more catches, but I'd rather go with Zeke uh, regardless because I think he has that touchdown upside.
0: Um,
1: I'm going to – Bury this one in the coffin. When I agree with Steve and say the reason why it's cemented is Juju popped up with a questionable tag, questionable marks playing marks. on Monday night, so you literally can't you can't can't go into Monday night hoping that Juju's okay and playing. So you have to play the other two.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly how I responded to him. You know, I said Juju's banged up. Really can't comment on anything about him yet. I said Zeke plays the seventh best rush defense in the Los Angeles Rams, and the Bills rank fifth in passing against. And that's Deontay Johnson, obviously. However, I said I am going to go Deontay and I'm going to go Zeke here um, because of the Juju questionable mark. And like you said, it's a night game. You never want to be stuck with an injured guy on a night game. It is trouble. I think Deontay is actually not a bad play here. I understand the Bills just mentioned our fifth best against the pass. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be able to keep up with the Bills. I think the Bills may jump out to a quick lead. And you know what that means? They have the rookie under center. Let's air it out a little bit. I understand that Deontay may not be his number one, quote unquote, because of one week. I think that's a BS as well. I think Deontay Johnson still gets peppered um, with Pickett under center. So I think Deontay Johnson is an absolute play in or, or out of this question if he's on your roster. Do you do you still think that, uh, that Johnson
2: is the wide receiver one on that team? Or do you think I, that it's Pickens now?
0: No, I do. And the reason why I think Pickens did so well when Pickett came in. You got to remember in training camp, Pickett and Pickens were on this field together while Deontay Johnson was with Trubisky. So you have to form that chemistry. When you're thrown into a game halfway through at a quarterback, you're going to go with what you're comfortable with. The offense runs through Deontay Johnson in the passing game. I think they had all week to game plan with Pickett under center. So I do think target wise, it's still Deontay Johnson.
1: I agree. I think probably lean Deontay. They're probably both more like wide receiver threes now, in mm-hmm. or like more or worse in flex options in fantasy. I mean, Deontay's probably on that line. Pickens probably a little bit off that line right now until he can prove us a little bit more. This offense is just not going to generate enough to yeah. sustain multiple people, let alone even one person.
0: Yeah, I think floor Deontay, ceiling Pickens, because I think Pickens is that big play down the field threat for this. For the I team. think
1: weeks like twelve through seventeen. Are we talking like Pickens getting a load of work, getting 12 targets every game because the Steelers are, you know, three and 10? Uh, Maybe Najee's banged up at this point. Claypool might even be shipped out of town. He's totally benched. So late season, like surge. I like Pickens. I think Mm -hmm. it's a while to hold on to it. I did not bid for him in my uh, waiver priority because I was just not interested in backing the Steelers offense at all.
0: Yeah. And especially if they're pretty much in the, in the, in the tank, meaning like they're just going to start, you know, they're five games under 500. They want to get a connection with the two rookies together. Tomlin may switch up his game plan a little bit, go a little bit more heavy on the play action, deep ball type thing. I could see that, but I still think Deontay Johnson, in my opinion, is an extremely underrated wide receiver in terms of route running. He's still young. So I, I don't think he phases out totally, but Feds, you're absolutely right. I think they both drop a little bit in terms of wide receiver three when Deontay came in as a wide receiver two in the beginning of this season. All right. We have a question.
1: Two minute warning in the Giants game and uh, Packers are inside the Giants 10.
0: I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm shocked. I thought the Packers were going to route him. uh, Daniel Jones was what the ankle scared me. I didn't think he was going to be as mobile as he looks right now. He's running all over the place. He's bleeding all over the turf it's a great scene to be a new york football <laughs> giant fan baby i love it this team is playing with some heart finally we're back to playing with some heart you know it, it goes a long way as changing team chemistry uh you know this team was in the dumpster uh prior to getting their new head coach and the ball. i think he's changed the entire culture in that locker room this team feels like they're playing together and it's great to see and i and i love it so um we have questions here in in our chat so who do you think in a full point PPR? We got Lamb or Deontay Johnson, and they have Dobbins in the flex. So you're going Lamb or Deontay? I'll go first. I'm going Lamb here. Um, I I just I think Lamb is coming on, and I and I love Lamb in this situation. Um, the Cowboys' offense is getting healthy. Their Lamb is not going to be as double covered as he's seen. He's still going to see double coverage, but I do think Lamb has a great week this week. I'm going to go Lamb over Deontay. All in
2: agreement? Say aye. <laughs> yep, I, I agree there. Uh, I'd go with Lamb uh, myself. Uh, I love uh, him on the Cowboys right now. He really seems to be coming into his own uh, after a relatively slow start to the season. Uh, Lamb over Johnson myself as well.
1: Call me crazy. I, can, I think you the question you would consider here is Deontay Dobbins. Johnson versus Dobbins because Dobbins coming off a great week, but are we chasing lightning in a bottle when he's still coming off the ACL injury and it's only his first few games back? We know that this game with the Ravens Bengals is sharp towards the under, so we're expecting less scoring. Um, I, I, I if it's full point PPR, I still might go. Deontay, because game script, if the Steel, if the Bills are going to be winning and the Steelers are going to have to be throwing, I'd probably go Deontay over Dobbins, and, I, of course, I would keep CD.
2: Do you think that Dobbins sees more of uh, the passing work with Bateman out?
0: No. I think DuVigny is one guy that you could bump, bump up a little bit because of Bateman being out. Um, I don't think they're interested at all in getting the running backs involved in the passing game that much. Um the the read option here the zone read option doesn't really rely it doesn't really depend on the running back getting open in the flat or anything like that so i think if anything duvenier has a little bump here because of bateman being out i
2: just know dobbins got that receiving touchdown last week but you are right that he actually uh had fewer yards per carry uh this past week than he did in his debut only 3.2 uh yards per carry or maybe it was 3.1 but he's Right around that three yards per carry threshold. So uh, without yes. those two touchdowns, he wouldn't have had that. Yeah, you're gonna need a touchdown
0: from Dobbins to start him over. It was a super emotional
1: Johnson. game too against the Bills. You know, it was a run heavy second half for the Ravens. I think it might have just been a very situational volume day that Dobbins got last week. I don't know if I'd be chasing that amount of volume when you have on the other side Deontay Johnson, who's guaranteed volume every week, and in a game script that is passing.
0: All right, so I'm getting peppered with questions right now on my Twitter. We apologize. I know we had this this link sent out a little bit late. These questions probably would have came here on our message board, but I'm getting peppered with questions on my Twitter. But let's get to the questions we have here, and then I'll get to the questions on my phone so I can answer them for them on my phone. But the next question on our our chat here is, I've got a decision to make full PPR start to Amon Ra and Curtis Samuel. This is a good problem to have. Guys, you can go first.
1: I think you have to play Amon Ra if he's active at this point. Devonta Smith Ooh, or Curtis Samuel. Late money coming in on the commanders is 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 nice. Uh, we've seen – is Jahan Dotson out? He is I out. Mean, so Curtis Samuel is going to be very involved. I mean, Devonta's got the ceiling. He's already had like a 180-yard game. Steve, you want to break the tie or, or you want to make that call?
2: Yeah, you know – it. it, it it might be a little crazy, but I think I would go Curtis Samuel over Devontae Smith there. I don't um, think it's crazy. With, with Jon Dotson out, um, I think Curtis Samuel, he's been really involved in this offense. He looks like his pre injury self. Uh, and with you saying that there's late money coming in on the commanders, makes me feel a little bit better about saying Curtis Samuel.
1: I really like a guy like McLaurin this week. If he's on that borderline of like, oh, if you're on a stacked team and you have like, I might not play McLaurin because he's been underwhelming and you might want to play someone else who's been overperforming. I would go back to your draft value this week and your draft capital spent and play McLaurin. I think with Dotson out, with money coming in on the commanders, with McLaurin being the big play guy, I think uh, McLaurin's definitely a good option. JP, my question for you and Steve, my question for you is how many touches does Antonio Gibson get this week? I have Antonio Gibson forced into my lineup because of swift injury and because I just traded Rashad Penny in a situation to acquire a man named Devontae Adams. I had to do it. So I'm stuck in a position this week where I have to play Gibson over an option like Zach Moss on my bench. Who's getting more touches, and which one's going to be less of a dud?
0: Um, I, I'll go first. I, we talk, we spoke a little bit about this before we went on. I, I think Gibson is a play over the over Zach. Um, what do you have Moss? You said on your bench. I think he's an absolute play. Um, however, I did mention to you that I think the Commanders, if they find themselves in a you know. Three yards to go on the goal line. I think they're going to give Robinson the ball for a touchdown this week. I think it's going to be an absolute scene if he can find the end zone in Washington. I think it's going to rally the troops together. Um, Rivera loves this kid, and I think they love how he fought back from being shot um, so quickly. With that being said, I don't think Gibson's a bad play at all this week. I think he's actually a pretty good play because Dotson is out. I think they're going to rely a little bit more of him in the passing game. Um, so I can see him getting a few po- few reception points here this week for Washington. Um, Carry-wise, I don't know, 14 carries, 13 carries, something along that line. Um, I think I- I'm not a Gibson guy um, at all. I haven't been, obviously. Uh, so I don't know. I-, I would start him in your situation, but I'm going to avoid him elsewhere
2: yeah i i agree i would i would go with gibson over moss there although you, i say that and we'll see moss score two touchdowns yeah. on like four carries for 15 yeah, yards yeah. but uh i uh i would go with gibson i think that um there's a chance that he maybe sees a little bit more passing down work uh and while i do agree that i think robinson would get the goal line work um i think i'd go gibson over moss but uh you know, that doesn't mm-hmm. say a whole lot because total we're tough. talking about Zach Moss there. Yeah. It's a total. I need
1: Devante to be two people this week. <laughs> it's possible. That's, that's yeah. Welcome to the squad Monday night against the chiefs throwing script. Devante, I can't and wait. It's, it's possible.
0: And I have, I'm going to go back to the first question about Amra and Devante and Curtis Samuel. This is the third week in a row that I'm going to mention Curtis Samuel. I have him on my team and, and I, lo- I loved him when he was on Carolina, um, it's just a really tough spot here. Amon Ra definite start. And then Devontae Smith against the Cardinals. Hertz tends to light up uh, the Cardinals. Devontae Smith had a down week last week a little bit. I think he could bounce back this week and throw up a big number. Uh, if a gun to my hand, I had to choose those two. I'm going to probably go Devontae Smith. I'm going to have to go Devontae Smith here. Um, and I'm on Ross St. Brown. But I would not hate playing Curtis Samuel. I'm playing Curtis Samuel in my league, but I also don't have Devontae Gavin, what does. do you
1: need? Like, like, you know, yeah. was there any players in your week that went on Thursday? Did your opponent start Naheem Hines and you and 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 he posted a dud? Uh, you know, are you in a situation where you're projected to win by twenty or lose by twenty? I'd say floor better, Curtis Samuel, ceiling better, Devonta Smith.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I think remembering that in season-long fantasy compared to daily fantasy is huge, right? What do you need to win in a head-on-head game, right? Do you need a boom or do you need like the floor? And I think that's extremely important when you're making your roster, you know, start and sits is what do you need from, let's just say your flex, right? Are you projected to win by 20 and you just need your flex guy to put up a steady 10? Or are you projected to lose by five or six and you need your floor guy to give you a 15 to 17 points, something like that? That's always a question you need to ask yourself. I'm going to go ahead. Twitter, Twitter. Here we go. First question: PPR Zeke, Dobbins, Jeff Wilson, Montgomery, or Pollard? I'll say that again. He needs to start three of these guys: Zeke, Dobbins, Wilson, Montgomery, or Pollard. What do you guys think? There, I know there's a lot Zeke of names. Wilson,
1: Zeke, say, Zeke say Dobbins,
0: Zeke Dobbins, Wilson, Montgomery, Pollard.
2: Wilson for sure is one of
0: them. I would start. Wilson for sure is one of them. Um, the I would problem. go Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. I'm gonna go Dobbins. I'm gonna go Dobbins and, and chase a touchdown. And then I'm gonna go Montgomery because I think it's gonna be a run heavy game for the Chicago Bears. I know he's banged up, didn't practice much. I'm not starting Pollard, and I'm not, and I'm not gonna start Zeke. So I'm gonna go. Definitely Dobbins, not Wilson gonna start both
2: of the Dallas running. Yeah, you never no want to do point. that. You, if you're gonna pick one of them. Um I would normally pick Pollard just because I think he's the better back, but uh he's dealing with I think a little illness this week. Yeah, he so maybe it's league. best to stay clear of both of them and, and go with what you're saying with Dobbins there as the third guy.
1: I hold true. I'm a Zeke guy. I think Jerry Jones is calling down to Mike McCarthy and saying, Mike, you get getting, getting Zeke the ball this week? And that's how it goes. Um, I'm looking at the chat, and I'm seeing just the saddest news of all things is that Gavin was the one who started Naheem Hines. Yeah. So
0: I think uh, you got to go Devontae Smith then. I think Devontae Smith has the higher ceiling.
1: Go Devontae Smith. Go with the guy who can catch two bomb touchdowns in a game that could potentially be a shootout. You know, on the other side of the ball from the commanders is the Titans, so they're going to play run heavy, slow the clock down. There's simply more upside to the Smith play. So yeah, I think that's the choice. I'm yeah, sorry. and I'm so
2: sorry you started in well, that concussion in the first quarter.
0: He looked good too. He was yeah. running good. He looked good. I was out
2: here hoping your opponent
1: started him, <laughs> and it was you the whole time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question: Miles Sanders or Pierce? Full point PPR. This is a good question. Tough question.
1: Yeah, you're in a good situation. If that's yeah. your if That's your pickle. Um. Blank. What'd you say? Is Boston Scott active? I know he was – I don't know. I'm going to look it up real quick. Boston Scott ruled out. I think you go Miles Sanders.
0: Yeah. I'm going to agree there. And I also think, you know, the coach came out last week and said that Miles Sanders is our RB1. And it was like a firm, like, is our RB1. I think he's going to want to solidify that this week again. uh, Arizona Cardinals defense does not scare me whatsoever against the run. I do like Sa- Miles Sanders there as well. I think I'm going to go with
2: Damian Pierce. I love Damian Pierce. Uh, he had a big, a big run last week. I could think he could break off a a huge run any week. I think he's the Texans' number one uh, skill position player, and I think they look to get him involved. Um, whereas uh, the Eagles have a lot more offensive options, so I'm going to go with Pierce. I understand uh, th- this is a great problem to have, and you're it probably going to win your matchup if you got. Uh, these these options here, but uh, I'd go Pierce myself. But I don't under I don't hate uh, going with Sanders either. JP, can I tell you how the Giants game ended? It was a wild finish. Oh
1: gosh, yeah, please. I so the like Giants this. win. I'll save you the heart attack. Giants. No. Whoever. So the Giants scored a touchdown. They the the Packers got inside the Giants' ten under two minutes to go. Went forward on fourth down. No conversion. They were on the two yard line. Oh. Wow. The Giants ended up kneeling the ball and then taking the punter. And instead of punting the ball back, to out the, back, they ran out the back of the end zone, let up a safety so that they could kick off instead. The Giants end up winning by five because Packers were the late safety to go 22-27 Giants. Wow. So Giants that brings me to the
0: <laughs> Giants. Uh- Fizz, I got to tell you, I was on the Giants this year. I said they were going to hit that over total. Of- I don't know what you
1: just took a sip of right when I told you the Giants won, but I know you reached for a can of something.
0: <laughs> Let's go. No, but uh, it's so funny. I got a question, too, on Twitter. It was just a random jerk of a question. It was like, are the Giants the worst? going to be the worst 4-1 team in NFL history? And I'm yeah. no, the Giants are not bad. I'm telling you, the Giants are not bad. They still,
1: they still might be the worst four and one team in NFL history. But
2: <laughs> what? Let's roll
1: with it. At least hey, I'll going. take it.
2: Yeah, and hey, it. anyone anyone who read JP's rankings before the season probably got Saquon Barkley at a huge discount. Yes, sir. So, Thank uh, you, uh, uh, myself included, in one spot. So um, See, appreciate would you that. Yes.
1: Be the worst four and one team in NFL history or the best one and four team.
2: Ooh, I- as as a, as a Raiders fan, I would definitely like the, to be the bet the worst four and one team in nfl history yeah it yeah. sounds
1: like haters on the other side Jim. yeah but if daniel yeah. jones
0: wasn't playing as well as he is i'd rather be one and four so we can get a quarterback but Daniel jones is playing pretty well he is playing pretty well he's got There'll, no
1: skill receivers will be quarterbacks available this off offseason I, I honestly think this is a semi-good discussion so let's let's continue having it but like there will be veteran quarterbacks this off offseason for the giants if it's not Daniel Jones' season. I think Daniel Jones' risk of injury this season is continues to be exceedingly high. And I think Dayball kind of knows he's a system guy, and Daniel Jones is not going to be his guy of the future. I think he could plug Tyrod in for a few games and be okay. I'm looking for, for Giants to make a splash at quarterback this offseason. If, if things are looking good in that building, and someone can come to New York and wear the big blue and take over like what Eli did, you know, people are talking about the Broncos being the place to go. I mean, that now looks like a disaster. Is it the Giants?
0: But see, what I love about this conversation is this conversation is not about where is Saquon going to go next year. It's about who the Giants going to bring in to help Saquon and this New York football Giants offense, which is an awesome, awesome conversation to have as a Giants fan. Lamar? <laughs> I'd go crazy if we got Lamar, but let's, let's not <laughs> jump to that conclusion just yet. You know how much money he would make in New York on endorsements alone, but let's not get there. All right. Next question on Twitter half point PPR, Phelan McLaurin, Jeff Wilson, or Travis ETN. Half point PPR, Phelan McLaurin, Jeff Wilson, or Travis ETN. Who are we How going to need? Here? Just one.
1: Half point PPR?
0: Yep. I'm going to go Jeff Wilson on this one, I think. Probably. I do Jeff like Wilson. McLaren, but I'm going Jeff Wilson And a half I would
2: as well, especially for the floor. Yep, right? yeah, yeah, I agree with
0: that. I mean, you, if if we're
2: hunting ceiling, if we're hunting ceiling, would we go different there?
0: Yes, I'd go McLaurin if I'm hunting ceiling. Yeah, maybe McLaurin. He
2: could be a, that, mm, mm.
1: no. I'd still go Jeff Wilson. He could have 130 yards and two touchdowns and do what Rashad Penny did last week. He's going against the Panthers, 49ers run the ball a ton. Jeff Wilson is in essentially all of my DFS lineups this week. Big Jeff Wilson guy this week. I know I just said I'm a McLaurin guy, but Ian ain't in my lineups in DFS. So I'm very much a uh, Jeff Wilson guy. We got one more question from Gavin. JP, you want to read it?
0: Sure. Gavin says, uh, full PPR, Everett or Najoku? Currently have Najoku starting. I'm also starting Mike Williams. So not sure if I want to start both Williams and Everett. What do I you guys think? Answer.
1: You absolutely want to be starting Everett if yeah. you're in the situation where you already started Naheem Hines and you're looking for upside. There's a lot more upside to backing the Chargers offense, and there's a lot more upside to backing one team. If you're in that same game, right, you're hoping for a lot of scoring. So you're hoping that one team just puts up at least 35, more than both teams put up 28-plus. So you go you go, Herbert's arm –
2: and Everett yeah you convinced me with your with your uh little spiel there uh Mike so I'm I'm with you on on Everett and Williams together Mike Williams is such a good player but he's so frustrating for fantasy Uh,
1: Gavin I'm in in my leagues I am starting Everett Mike Williams and Herbert I have the Chargers triple stacked so let's ride together my friend
0: yeah I agree there I think you start Everett for sure is Lance, um, is is the Titanford for Commanders playing this week? Does anybody know? Logan I know he's banged up. Logan Thomas. Because if that's the case, I think McLaren even gets another bump as well, um, especially in the red zone, right? I mean, with Dotson being out, I feel like Wentz was constantly targeting Dotson in, in the end when they were there in the red zone. So they're going to have to throw to somebody. So I think his upside even gets higher if Logan, Logan Thomas is out. Yeah. So McLaren there, for, in my in my opinion, for the, for the boom, for
1: sure. Titans defense. Stingy. If you need to stream a defense. Yep. I mean, these I injuries, getting a guy who's coming off a gunshot wound, the ball at the running back. I mean.
0: <laughs> I agree. You laugh, All right. So- <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I agree. Uh, let's see. I have another question here. Penny or Tyler Alagier in your fantasy football leagues? And it's a full point PPR. Rashad Penny or Tyler Alagier? Penny. Yeah,
2: Penny. Yeah,
0: and I know you used probably a very high waiver on Tyler Algier. I was very high on Tyler Algier. If you looked at my rankings, I think this kid is going to be a very good running back in the NFL. However, the next two games, he faces the top two run defenses in the NFL, basically. I am avoiding him, especially this week and next week. Uh, so, yes, I'm going Rashad Penny there as well.
1: Everyone everyone talks about this whole like Saints have a good run beat type of situation. The, the Saints have the 10th worst run defense in the NFL this year. They have not even played good uh, competition, so adjusted to competition gets even worse. So mm-hmm. the Saints historically have been a great run defense. At what point are we going to throw away the historical sample size and focus on this year? I'm at that point now at week five where I'm saying, what have you shown me this year? So I'm
0: know. getting there. I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. I'm just not there I yet. Think I think with the new saints coaching,
1: an elite rushing defense where we need to pivot away from the running back, they might be an above average. They might be having done worse than, than the stats show thus far, right. but they're not a, you know, you have to fade your situation certainly not to play into Tyler Algier going against the bucks. Cause if you're going to say, you know, a run defense 100%. that's been underperforming, but that's still scary. I yeah. would say I'm much scared of the bucks front than the saints front.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On the on the Algier question, I I actually have a question for you guys and something that I'm going to be watching today. Uh, Algier and Caleb Huntley, um, the undrafted rookie, looked pretty good last week. Do we think that he is actually uh, has a chance to be the lead back there? Do we think that he's going to siphon touches from Algier and make them both kind of um, fantasy relevant for the most part? Uh, What do we think about Caleb Huntley versus Algier?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's something we have to keep our eye on. I think they're going to give it to Al- see what he could do if he gets stifled. I think Huntley's going to get the rock as well. They're both rookies. This coaching staff is a bunch of nutbags. They're not getting Kyle Pitts the ball, so who the heck knows who they're going to get the ball to this year? I have no idea. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, Tyler Algier at BYU was an absolute stud. He runs really, really hard. Um, he fights for extra yardage, and I think in a game like this, Against that Tampa Bay run defense, you're gonna want a guy that's gonna fall forward for three yards um on every carry while he's getting stuffed in the backfield if he's Huntley. Now, do I think Huntley's good and do I wanna roster him? I do want to roster him because you're absolutely right. We just don't know for sure who's gonna come out of this backfield.
1: I have an a hundred and twenty to one futures ticket on Tyler Algier, offensive rookie of the year this year. So
0: <laughs> Can this be the season
1: where he takes off? Can this be the start of it where he takes off and is like that Alfred Morris-type rookie running back, power back that ends up over a 1,000 yards? I'm not saying he's going to win the award, but put his name in the final two, final three when it's all said and done, so that way I could hedge to the right spot because I have such payout coming if it is Algier. I would definitely go Algier over Huntley for right now. Uh, I think he's incredibly talented. I know, like JP, we've had eyes on him for a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, I have another question for you guys in a DFS sense. There's three running backs that I love all priced relatively similar, and I need to choose two of them right now. I have lineup split. So I'm just playing all three of them in groups of twos throughout different lineups, but I, that's, that's how torn I am. So maybe you guys can break the tie and tell me which one should be in like my tournament, which one should be in my most expensive lineup. The three guys are Jeff Wilson, Brees Hall, and Ramondre Stevenson. Which two would be your favorite two?
0: I'll go Stevenson and and Wilson. And it's DraftKings, so it's full PPR. Stevenson and Wilson for me. I think this New England backfield, I think they're both very playable this week. Um, Detroit is absolutely horrendous against the run. I have both guys on one fantasy team. I'm not playing both because I have no one to bench. Because in my flex, I have Devontae Smith. I'm starting Stevenson uh, this week. I think in the PPR especially, I do like Stevenson. And I do like um, Wilson. For you.
2: Yeah, uh, I I like Wilson for sure. And uh, 49ers run the ball. I really like the Jeff Wilson play. Um, and I'll actually go uh, with Brees Hall just because I think that this, this um, breakout campaign can continue. Uh, I think he's – arguably the best talented uh, skill position player on the jets um i don't mind stevenson as well um but Can i throw um, one
1: more name in the mix throw it this one would it would make me have to pivot a little bit somewhere else because it's a little bit higher cost but now that i think the bill's injuries with isaiah mckenzie out jameson crowder out uh uh the dawson Knox out what about devin singletary again full point ppr do we think Singletary's heavily involved in the pass game and someone who's better than Grease Hall, Jeff Wilson, Ramondre?
0: I'm sticking with Stevenson and Wilson. I do, I do think Singletary has a good game this week, especially if the Bills get up big early. They could just run the ball from that point forward. Um, but I'm still sticking with my two guys, Wilson and Stevenson.
2: Yeah, because of the way they use uh, Singletary, uh, I, I would I would stay away from him. Okay. So does that change your
0: opinion on, uh, on Zach Moss now, Fitz?
2: You
1: no, know, I, I, that's why I was considering Zach Moss coming into the day. And honestly, it's a look-ahead situation to me for next week. I picked up Zach Moss because I have so many buys upcoming next week with Swift and Derrick Henry both on buy next week. I needed two running backs. Um, so I, I know I'm going to need Moss. And Moss plays against the Chiefs, so we get Bill's Chiefs next week. So it might just be such a shootout that I just wanted something in that game type of situation. Gotcha. So that's why I picked up Moss this week, and that's why I'm holding on to him. Um, and there's just really nothing. It was like Rex Burkhead on the waiver wire as my other option. Um, but yeah, I think this is definitely a week where Singletary might have 10 receptions. So if you're in a season long and you have him in your flex spot, I guess I'm not, I'm going to be sticking with you boys and not paying up a little bit in DraftKings, especially because that would make me have to pivot somewhere else. Um, but love Singletary in all formats this week because of the situation personally. I think he's definitely in line for about. 10 catches. He's run the most routes of any running back in the league this season. And we already know he has a game with like 11 catches. So I like Singletary. He's getting a lot of red zone usage. That's why I was a little scared of Moss this week. Um, I would, I would start Singletary in any season long situation you can.
0: All right. Well, we're almost up with the time. I'm going to, I'm going to throw a question out there and I think we should end our shows with this question every single time. Quarterbacks, which quarterback leads the NFL and fantasy points this week. I'm going to go first. I'm going to take Jalen hurts is going to lead all quarter fantasy quarterbacks this week in points. So if I'm in a daily fantasy league, I'm looking at Jalen hurts. I don't really play fan a daily fantasy, but if I did, if I did, I'm going to go Jalen hurts. You guys have an opinion on the quarterback that will lead fantasy in points this week. Plant your flag, fellas. I'll take Lamar Jackson, uh, yep.
2: bounce back week, um, primetime game um he could do it with his legs uh and he could throw the ball so i mean him and jalen hurts are the two guys uh vying for that best dual quarterback uh label in the league so i'll go with lamar
1: i'm gonna go josh allen i think we need to start keeping track of this if we're gonna do this yeah week, I, that's what i mean dinner. plant the flag so <laughs> josh allen's gonna be the number one overall quarterback this week uh and if you're in the dfs space the best priced two point ratio quarterback is going to be tom brady so if you want to spend up for a quarterback because you want the 30 plus points you go with eight thousand dollar 200 josh allen if you want to go for 25 points and only a six thousand dollar price tag so you get a better ratio uh you go with tom brady
0: are you stacking brady with evans
1: i'm stacking brady with evans godwin and fournette in one of my lineups
0: all in on Tampa Bay. You heard it here first. And
1: Obviously, wait, let me ask you guys a question. If I have Evans, Brady, Godwin, and Fournette in a single DFS tournament lineup, I just gave away the answer. I was going to ask you <laughs> guys, should it be in a tournament or in a cash game? And the answer is a tournament because the potential for an explosion, explosion is huge.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that's what I'm going for. You put lineups like that in, in, the, in the big tournaments where you just buy teams all together. And then you come in on the other side with like a Drake-London, or like the the value option tight end replacing Pitts. Because if that game is a shootout, if it looked anything like the Seahawks-Lions game did last week and it has 90 points, suddenly you're winning a ton of money because you have everyone in that game.
2: I absolutely love London this week. Uh, I think we going to have a good. big, big week for season-long uh, lineups. I agree.
0: All right, everybody, please make sure you like and subscribe to this um, YouTube live video. It really helps us out, and you'll get a reminder every time. So if we are late on our Twitter posts like we were this week, you will automatically get the update once we post the video and it goes live. As always, peace, love, and fantasy football. today and enjoy week five.
1: Uh, Black Rain, Hunt, and Garrett Wilson. All right, goodbye. We got a late
0: question. We have a. Did you just wait? 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 Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. I didn't know that was a real question. Oh, Wilson
2: answered before we left. Yeah. Garrett Wilson and and Hunt Hunt for for me as well. All right. See you guys. Yeah.
0: Sure. Agree. Bye, guys.